Thank you. I just want to pray. God, we want to honor you with this word and glorify your name. Holy Spirit, we invite you. And God, move, move mightily, God. Father, in people's homes, God, on live stream, here in this sanctuary, God, Holy Spirit, move in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm privileged uh, to be standing here in front of you to share this word. Uh, that God has placed in my heart. Actually, a few weeks ago, in the middle of the night, God woke me up and said to me, it is time. Then he showed me a picture of a plantation where the tools were laid down and there was a machine harvester waiting in that plantation. It was lying idle, but suddenly out of the blue, People or laborers from everywhere came into the plantation and started picking up the tools and started work. And they started up the harvester and the harvester roared up into life. Then he showed me another picture. The second picture he showed me was cities, big cities. How do I know it was cities? Because I saw tall buildings, skyscrapers. And then it was a contrast. The first photo was very dull. It had that kind of sepia color. But the second color, the second picture, it changed. There was a light that came into the second picture. And it br brought on the fullness of color into the second picture and transformed it. I believe God is saying to us, it is time for us to be ready and be prepared for the great awakening or revival worldwide, okay? It's not here, but it is worldwide. God is once more sending his laborers into the fields to harvest. It's not enough to send the laborers because the harvest is going to be so great. So he has to send out the machine, the, break, the great harvester, so that we can harvest in the harvest that is ripe. And also, God is talking about cities, cities that are devastated by lawlessness, by violence, and darkness and wickedness. God is going to restore them once more. But his light needs to come into the cities. And who is the carriers of the light? We are the carriers of the light. We are going to go into the cities and bringing the hope and the gospel to the lost. And we know that many cities in this world, and I read about them all the time, especially cities uh, in, in America, like San Francisco, Portland, Chicago, New York. You know, they have fallen on desperate times. These are once great cities, but God wants to restore them and bring life and light into these cities. Now, I do believe, and I agree with many evangelists and prophets, that this third great awakening has started. I do believe it. Why? Because there are already pockets 
of revival happening all over the world. For example, Maria Marillo, who ministers in tents in California, he is having such a big crowd of people there whenever he has a tent meeting. Hundreds and thousands of people flock to these meetings not to see him, but to encounter God. People who are homeless, people who are drug addicts, drug dealers, prostitutes, even the rich come to these meetings and there's such a great presence and anointing of God in every meeting. And when people sit under the anointing, things happen. Shackles are broken. People get healed under the anointing without anyone praying for them. And demons are kicked out from people under the anointing. And in one of those meetings, I saw there was a drug dealer who came up in front to give his life to Jesus. And he start, started digging from his jacket and he gave up all his drugs. He said, I don't want them anymore. You can have it. I don't want it anymore. You know, this is revival. Not only people, but pastors. He even managed to gather pastors together, unity. You know, it, well, it, I'm a pastor. Sometimes it's hard to unify pastors, right? Because we all come from different denominations, different beliefs and whatnot. But he even united 700 pastors together. If this is not revival, I don't know what it is. Pastors are healed in the meetings, just sitting under the anointing of God. Pastors who are burned out at the end of their rope, they just want to throw in their ministry, you know? It's not easy being a pastor, right? And God is putting that fire back into them once more. Their zeal and their destiny. God is, you know, uh, sparking it once more. And um, that's a church in Tennessee, USA. The pastor said, I've never seen anything like this before. Why? In 2018, he had 162 people baptized in his church. In 2019, he had 222 people who got baptized. But in the last four months, he had 1,000 people being baptized in his church. 1,000. Amen? Give glory to God. Hallelujah. I see there is something happening in the spiritual realm. There's a prayer and intercession movement happening around the world. The church has never prayed like this before. I know. Even in open heaven, we haven't prayed like this before. We are praying, we're interceding, we're fasting, we're contending for God to move. And this is not limited to one church. It is a worldwide connected church led by, uh, you know, people like Lou Ingle and Dutch Sheets and many others. God is restoring his house of prayer. 
We are supposed to be his house of prayer and God is restoring it. And people in groups, in churches, we are praying for everything. We're praying for our cities. We're praying for issues. We're praying for our government. We're praying for our uh, nation. We're praying for the prime, our prime minister. And there's no distance in the spirit. And we are so closely connected now, especially through social media, right? Internet and the rest. And you know what? Revival is always preceded by prayer, fasting, and intercession. You, you can't expect... Oh, of course, God is sovereign, right? But God also wants us to do the part. God wants us to partner with Him. It's not about Him. He can do anything. God is sovereign. And you know what? It is not about the numbers. God say, when two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be there in your midst. Two or three. It is about our heart. It's about our commitment. It's about our hunger. In 1949, let me tell you, this revival happened. Okay? In 1949, I know that was a long time ago, but God can do it again. Two women named Peggy and Christine Smith. One aged 84 and one 82. Okay, they are not young chickens anymore. They are not young eagles anymore. They were greatly burdened by the state of the body of Christ in their community. So, they took it upon themselves only two of them, to start interceding for the church in the island of Hebrides, okay? Some of you will have read about this revival, okay? This woman took upon themselves to pray until revival comes. Wow. They spend hours in prayer Sometimes from 10 o'clock at night to 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. That is six hours. Put me to shame. I don't think so I can stay up for six hours. But daily, okay? And you know what happened? Revival came to the Hebrides Island and was there for more than two years. There was great revival, great signs and wonders. They saw the literal Shekinah glory of God in people's homes. And there was a shaking. Dishes and things in the house would start shaking when the anointing hits. Okay? We can't understand that. But most of all, there was mass salvation. Even the hardened sinners were saved. And 90% of the people in that island during that time were saved. Amen? Praise God. Okay, um, Sister Sylvia, can you show the first slide? Okay, let us look at the first slide. Iran. Okay, can you see that? 
Iran's Great Awakening, How God is Using a Muslim Convert to Spark Revival. I tell you, something is happening in Iran. There are so many conversions from Islam to Christ. Okay? And especially during this time of pandemic, it was reported by CBN News that as many as 3,000 members a month have turned away from Islam to become Christians because they are so desperate, desperate for God, okay? And there is such a great revival in the churches there even though they are so persecuted, right? But these people, they are willing, they're willing to go after God. And I, I do believe Iran has the fastest growing church, home church in the world at the moment, okay? God is moving in, in places like this, not only in Iran, in many other countries that are so persecuted, like India and Pakistan. Okay, we'll have the next slide, India. Okay, so this one is showing this family, okay? And it's saying that there is a grassroots revival in India, okay? This revival is touching the people on the streets, the people in the marketplace. It's from grassroots. It's not from up, down. It's from down to up. And what we are seeing here, this family, this is their home, okay? Their home is next to the city's sewer, sewer, sewerage, okay? And they are, known, they are known as Dalits, okay? Dalits, they are called Dalits because they are branded as the untouchables, okay? So this is a caste system that has put them onto the lowest caste in India. So they are untouchables because they are regarded to be dirty. They are shunned by society. They are rejected, condemned. Okay, nobody wants to, to be friends with them or nobody wants to touch them. If you touch them, then you become dirty as well. That's what they think. Okay, and... They are shunned not only by society, they are shunned even by their own gods. Okay? So rejected. But, you know, that lady in the middle, so she, she, was, uh, she, she is a Dalit. Okay? And one day, um, uh, um, a pastor, an Indian pastor came up to her, you know, and asked her whether he could pray for her. And she said, yes. And the, the pastor asked her, what is your need? And she said, look, I'm barren. I've been married for three years and I can't have any children. Can you pray for me? So what, the pastor prayed for her. And within the next few months, she, had, she, was, she fell pregnant. And you can see the two children beside that. And most of all, the pastor preached to her a message of hope. That Jesus loves, loves her. That Jesus accepts her. 
that Jesus does not judge her nor condemn her. And this is really a message that people who are so rejected, they need to hear that there is this God who, unlike any other gods, okay, just love them for who they are. And most of all, the pastor say, do you know that we are created in his image? That you, even you, as a Dalit, you are created in his image. This is mind-blowing to a group of people who is so condemned and rejected. And there is a revival happening among the Dalits in India. I saw a video where the whole village of 180 people, they all got baptized together in the river. Hallelujah. Praise God. Revival. And it reminds me of Jesus. Jesus never rejected anyone. He never said, oh, you are too dirty. I can't touch you. You know, even to the lepers, you know, he was going through Samaria and Galilee. You know, he, you know, nothing with Jesus is an accident, right? He actually planned to go there. We think that is an accident, but it's not. You know, he walked through that village and from afar off, there were 10 lepers. And they were crying for mercy, the 10 lepers. Jesus didn't say, oh, you are condemned, you are outcast. I can't, I can't heal you. No. He had compassion on the 10 lepers. And you know what? He healed all of them. All the 10 got healed. But the sad thing, only one returned. Only one returned, right? True. Well, that is the God that we serve. Okay? Now, not, not finished yet. More stories to tell you, and is this is not made up stories, okay? This is really what we need to hear. What is happening in the world? We 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 can't be here away. I know Australia is very far away from other nations of the world, but we need to hear the good news. What God is doing in other parts of the world, because He is going to do it here in Australia. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, this is a country in the Middle East. I don't know the name of the country, but I heard this testimony from Dutch sheets that 400 Muslim imams actually came to a Christian pastor and asked for help. 400 Muslim imams. They say, they have had enough of ISIS. They have had enough of their religion because it had not bring them any good, good uh, blessings. Instead, it has wreaked, wreaked disaster and havoc in their lives. They say to this pastor, can you please give us 400 Bibles in our own language. So the pastors helped them and gave it to them. So these 400 Muslim Imams, they were so happy when they received the Bibles. They actually wept. And then they opened their Bible and put it on top of their head. It was a cultural thing. 
because they are saying, now we are submitted to this word and we are submitted to the God of this book, to the Bible. Okay? Hallelujah. Praise God. Supernatural God is touching places, you know, places that um, some of us don't even dare, you know, to go to. So, Dutch sheets continue that this awakening, this third awakening is triggered by our prayer, is triggered by our intercession and our worship. Okay, worship is very important. It is estimated that 10 billion souls, I can't even write the figure 10 billion, it's too big for me, will be saved especially from the Middle East and Asia in this, in this revival. It will be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the greatest harvest before Christ comes again. Okay? God does not want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to have the opportunity to hear the gospel or the, the good news. To make a decision for Him, or not for him, right? This awakening is so important because it is not only for us believers, but it is also for the unsaved. Okay? It is awakening of the spiritually dead and blinded because we know it is God who first initiate and draw us to him first, right? God needs to start. God chose us before we chose him, right? So he's going to initiate it. But when I hear of nations like Europe, where so many revivals were birthed from Europe, but now is considered to be the spiritually darkest nation in the world. Europe is the spiritually darkest nation is not China, it's not Africa, but it is Europe. Less than 2.5% of Europeans are evangelical Christians. They have allowed atheism, agnosticism, secularism, and Islam to overtake their lives. Europe needs Jesus. Not only Europe, the whole world needs Jesus. So we come to this pandemic, COVID-19. Could it be that God is up to something with this pandemic and we don't comprehend it? In the book of Haggai 2, 6-9, it says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. Who is Jesus? And I feel, and I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, and in this place 
I will give peace. Are we shaken by this COVID-19? It is a worldwide shaking, shaking and no country is exempt. Can something good come out of this? I'm just asking questions, okay? Is this what God allowed so that we can He can have our hearts once more? To trigger the greatest awakening in the world? Is God sifting the church so that He can produce purity and holiness? So that He will come back for a bride without spot or blemish? Is that what God is doing? I believe something good is going to come out from this, okay? And uh, I want to take you to um, how Peter was sifted and draw some parallels from that. In Luke 22:31, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail, and when you have returned to me, Strengthen your brethren. You, we notice here that Jesus called Peter by his old name, Simon. Referring to the old nature, to the old man that needs to be sifted. So that old man, Simon, was filled with bravado. False courage, isn't it? He even chopped off the soldier's ears, right? Cut it off to protect Jesus, right? Bravado. Impatience. And he was also jostling for position, right? Among all the disciples. Who's the greatest? Okay? We know the story. How in the moment... The most crucial hour that Jesus needed them. Peter was nowhere to be found. Bravado, woo! But standing far away. Okay, he was recognized. But he denied Jesus not one time, but three times. He denied him. He was sifted. Peter was sifted, you know, but that sifting actually revealed his, the old Simon, his true heart and his identity. It exposed his fear and cowardice of being found out to be a follower of Jesus. But through the sifting, an awakening happened. Peter realized what he did. He was remorseful and he wept bitterly after that. Right? He did. But the story got worse. Their master and Messiah was put on the cross to die. It seems all hope is lost. Just like for some people who don't, do not know Christ, you know, like with the, what is happening now, it seems everything is lost. The disciples 
actually didn't understand what Jesus taught them about the kingdom. They thought Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman Empire and restore Israel. Now, their Messiah was dead and they're all hunted to be persecuted. All the disciples were lost and were scattered. I like this, this, this word, this phrase, but God, but God, when all is lost, but God, right? Out of the ashes, there arose hope. There arose Jesus. Jesus did not die, right? But we know he, he rose from the dead. Death could not hold him. And Jesus appeared to his disciples and he restored and reinstated Peter. He asked them to wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and it happened in the book of Acts where the Holy Spirit came and baptized them with fire, with tongues of fire, drunk with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Simon was changed. He is truly now Peter filled with Holy Ghost fire and boldness. No longer, the old P no longer the old Simon, but a new creation in Christ. Amen? He then preached a two and a half minute sermon in the book of Acts, and it cut the hearts of the Jews. Those 3,000 devout Jews came to Christ. That is a miracle. Okay, and that is a miracle to preach a two and a half minute sermon. Uh, I think it's hard for Pastor John to follow, right? It's hard. But God, this was the beginning of the church's first revival. The church now, like Peter, is being sifted. We are being sifted, okay? God wants to sift us from our old nature into the new one. He's pouring out his new oil and new wine upon us. New wine cannot go into old wine skin. It will break. We need the new wine skin. That's why he's sifting us and changing us to, so that we can contain the new wine, the oil that is going to come out and fill us and overflow us. The church has walked in our own <clears throat> bravado, our own plans and purpose. Yes, we have. And we have been impatient with God. When we wait and we are impatient, we start doing things our own way. We are guilty. Christians and the church in the West especially have become too comfortable and complacent. That's why God has to shake us. It's not ever good to be too comfortable. We need a shaking and the shaking has come. It seems like this time, this whole world has been plunged into darkness by crisis, death, fear, economic recession. It seems all is lost, just like Simon. But God, 
but God. Right? There's a lot of darkness out there. There's a lot of hopelessness out there. But God, Jesus is our only hope. Okay? And many have lost hope even in the church. Okay? Remember, in the Bible verse, God was praying for Simon that he will be strengthened and his faith will not fail. I believe God is also praying for, the church, for his church right now. Even though, even as we are being shaken, God is interceding for us to be strengthened and that we will not fail in our faith, that we will walk in faith. We must be a people that must learn to walk in faith and not sight. God has a greater purpose in this shaking. Out of the ashes will rise awakening and revival. And God wants to purify His church, His bride. Just like God sifted the old man Simon and revealed the new Peter with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, God is sifting the church to remove the traditions of men and what we are so used to and strategies of men and bringing out the new. A Holy Spirit-driven, overflowing church walking in His ways. Amen? New wine. New wine skin and fresh oil. It is undeniable the church have grieved the Holy Spirit. We have not walked in the fullness of our identity and authority that God has given us. Many have sought to build their own personal kingdoms and line their pockets with material wealth. What about the commission of God? It has been thrown out of the window. We were commissioned to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to bring good news to the captives. But we have put what is important to us first rather than what is important to God. We have put the focus on ourselves instead of the focus on Jesus. We have walked in the flesh when it profits nothing instead of walking in the Spirit which gives life. And God wants us to walk in the dynamis power of the Holy Spirit in signs and wonders. But why is that? That there are many churches out there that are not walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe God wants to restore the church back to the book of Acts where we are so full of the Holy Spirit, where we will be walking in all the supernatural miracles found in the book of Acts. Salvation, mass salvation, thousands, casting out of demons, healing the sick, even through shadows and handkerchiefs. So if we are not healing the sick through shadows and handkerchiefs, we need to contend for more, right? Reviving the dead, even translation, bonus, even through persecution and martyrdom. We can't stop the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It is time. 
to allow the Holy Spirit to take over. I just want to reshare what Pastor John, uh, Pastor John's vision that God has given him. In that vision, he saw a church, a very pretty one, but a very traditional one. And it was a very nice, beautiful church. It was neat and orderly. Uh, but uh, the church people were trying to put sandbags outside the church because a flood was coming in and they tried to stop the flood from coming in. But there was no way to stop the flood because the, the water was coming in through the floorboards and there was someone in, inside the church, probably the pastor, was trying to sweep the water away. So it is a vision of God pouring out his Holy Spirit into churches once more, okay? And whatever, we, he, he wants to fill us to overflow with his Holy Spirit. Uh, we, we should allow, openly, to allow the Holy Spirit to come into the church instead of trying to send back it. Or if we try to strip it away, I'm sorry, it is not going to work because the water is still going to come in, okay? It's time to let go of us and let God do what he wants to do. I'm almost going to finish, okay? Bear with me. We are called to be sons of Issachar, to know the seasons and the signs of times. Do you know that our enemy can see the seasons and the signs of times as well? He, he, he's, he's smart too, okay? And he has an inkling of this awakening he has. That's why he is sending a counterfeit one. Okay, ours is called awakening. His is called wokeism. <laughs> it's the opposite, right? It's still awake, but this is called wokeism. And do you know, wokeism is actually a religion. It is a religion, but it's not from God. It's a deception and it is a counterfeit. It's from the pits of hell and it preaches atheism, Marxism, racism, humanism, worship of things and creation instead of the creator. And I believe it is antichrist. Okay. Finally, we need to be awake and to be aware. God who controls the times and the season, God, he does. He is a God of order and he created seasons and time, even though he's outside time, right? God who controls the times and seasons is reopening the wells of revival. Okay, our sister Rose saw a picture just now. He saw one of those cranes digging, okay, digging a well, and oil was coming out from that well, and all that was filled with fire was coming out from that well. God is sending out eagles saturated with revival waters and be the carriers of life and anointing throughout the nations to deliver his victory and to show the world that truly 
He is the only one true God. Therefore, for us, this is a Kairos moment, an opportune time that we must not miss it. We must stay awake and be prepared to go into the harvest. We here in Australia must be part of this greatest harvest in the world. I will end this message with Romans 13, 11 to 12. Okay, if you have your Bible. And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Okay, we all know that we are coming to that um, peak, you know, the time where Jesus say he's coming back for his bride. But he doesn't want his bride to sit there and do nothing, right? He wants to partner with his bride for his, this to be pure and to be holy, to be a bride without blemish, and the bride to rise up for the greatest harvest before he returns. Amen. And we are the bride of Christ. Amen. All right, I pass this back to, I do have some words of knowledge, but I will pass this back to Pastor John first, and then we'll go through the words of knowledge. I want to pray into this. Lord, we would not dare to presume that we are better than any other congregation, any other church, any other, any other movement in the history of the world. What we understand, Lord, is that we have had generations of privilege, privilege in our nation as a church. Lord, your bride in Australia has had generations of privilege and in that time, Lord, I believe that your bride has gone to sleep. And I just pray, Father God, that right now, Lord, as this sifting has come, just as prophesied, that, Father God, that none of us would sleep any longer. That, Father God, that the call of your spirit would be responded to by your bride in our nation. I pray, Father God, that no matter which way this pandemic goes, that, Lord, that we would seek first the kingdom and your righteousness. That, Lord, we know that your word says you will provide for us when we trust you. I have such a sense of foreboding even that we are soon going to walk in that reality where our provision will come from the Lord and not in our trust in man, politicians, governments or anybody else. I feel that the Lord wants to do a work in every single one of us, that our priorities would be completely turned on their head, that, Lord, that we would begin to understand what it means to walk in the authority of the Son of God because that's the authority that you want released through us. 
I pray, Father God, that we would begin to lay down every idol that we carry in our hearts, Lord, that would hinder what you want to do. I pray, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, that you would send that flood of the Holy Spirit into every church. And that, Father God, wherever we have placed sandbags around our hearts to stop your spirit, so that we could have our comfortable little lives, that, Lord, that you would tear those sandbags out of the way and that you would bring an invasion of your Holy Spirit's river, Lord, back to your church. I pray, Father God, that signs, wonders and miracles would be the standard in every church in Australia. I pray, Father God, that those who do not know you would begin to know you through your bride as you always intended. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Kerry's going to minister in some words of knowledge. Now I'm just going to play some, uh, play a little guitar behind her. And, um, you know, normally if we were in a church meeting here, we would give a word of knowledge, invite the person to come out, pray for them, see the Holy Spirit move and heal them or do whatever he needs to do. And uh, But we've learnt across these... <laughs> last year or so when we've had different lockdowns and been able to do things only over the internet that there is actually no distance in the spirit so when kerry ministers these words of knowledge if one of these words of knowledge is for you i just invite you as she gives the word of knowledge and as she prays for you just put your hands like this and just receive and the holy spirit is going to come into your room where you are you're going to invade, he's going to invade your heart, invade your infirmity or invade whatever um, oppression you might be carrying and you're going to be set free tonight because the anointing of the Holy Spirit does not recognise physical boundaries in Jesus' name. So, honey, would you come and give those words of knowledge? And we've only got like, you know, half a dozen people in the building because of the COVID restrictions, but if you're here in the building and... Um, and one of these words of knowledge is for you, just do exactly the same thing and the Lord is going to minister freedom and healing to you. Thank you. Um, first of all, I believe God is saying to us that we, the church, the people in the church, we are carrying too much baggage. Okay? We are burdened by baggage, baggage of fear, baggage of anxiety, of worries, of looking for a solution to the problems of this world and distractions and it's weighing us down but God wants to send us out He wants to ekbalo us to thrust us out but it is hard to trust someone if you, are, you have so much baggage tied to you you can't be thrusted out Okay, so I just want to pray for, for God to release freedom and liberty to us and to lay down our baggage, okay? Okay, so if you do, just ask God to take it away, all right? Lord, we just pray for um, people who are in fear, who are feeling anxious or worried or looking for solutions or are distracted by things of this world God today we pray God that you cut off that string of baggage God that has uh, hooked them God Father we cut it off in Jesus name Lord set them free 
God, they are free to love you. They are free to serve you, God. They are free to be sent out, God, Father, as your disciples to the nations. God, we just thank you, Father, that you set captives free in Jesus' name. Okay, the first few is for people with physical ailments. The first one I saw was someone with a bandaged foot. Okay, it's a foot. Either it was a fracture or it was a twisted ankle. And the second one is um, someone with watery eyes. Okay, your eyes keep on watering. Okay, I'm going to pray for both of these together. Lord, we just thank you for your healing upon that person with the bandaged foot. God, I pray, God, that you heal them right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, all pain and discomfort to go from that, fit, that, from that foot. God, I pray, God, supernatural healing. And that person with the watery eyes. And God, I pray, God, restore the eyes, God, in Jesus' name. And God, Father, God, restore the eyes to normal health, God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Okay, this one is a funny one. Someone who is anxious and stressed. When you are anxious and stressed, you start pulling out your hair. Alright, so... Lord, we just pray for this person who's feeling so anxious and stressed. And God, you say those people who are anxious and stressed to come to you, those who are heavy, laden and burdened to come to you. And Lord, you will give them rest. And God, we pray, God, Father, God, that you help them, God, overcome this, God, that the peace the peace of God that surpasses all understanding fill their heart, God. Thank you, God. Father, I pray, God. Father, Jesus' name. Okay, the next one is someone who can't move past a problem or a person. You seem stuck, but you want to move on. God says to you, do not dwell in the past anymore. He's asking you to surrender the problem to Him and to move on. God says it's time for you to move on. Thank you, God, Father, that you know our heart. You know our heart. And that, God, we can trust you. Lord, we surrender this person to you. God, that this person will surrender, God, that problem to you, God. And God, that you will unstuck them, God, from this problem and allow them to move on, God, past this problem. Or person, God. Father, I pray, God. Father, God, that Lord, you say, God, that when we are weak, you are strong. God, that our weakness is manifested, is perfected in your strength, God. Father, I pray you strengthen, strengthen this person, God. Uh, three more. I want to pray for pastors, leaders who feel burnt out, exhausted, 
or even frustrated. I saw the Lord trimming their wick and pouring fresh oil. And God said to you, I've never changed my mind about you. Thank you, God, for pastors and leaders. God, Father, in this time of difficulty, God, I pray, Holy Ghost, fire, Lord, trim the wick and pour fresh oil, God, Father, into their lamps, God. Lord, let it start burning and lighting up again, God. And Father, I pray, God, Father, Lord, you restore, God, Father, their destinies and their calling and their zeal, God, for you, God. Father, I pray, God, that, Lord, those dry places, Lord, release the flood of your Holy Spirit upon them, God. Father, I pray, God, and thank you, God, put them back on that path, God. Father, that you are leading them back on, God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray, God, I pray for pastors, leaders, God. Father, I pray, God, that, Lord, they have a renewed a vigor, God. Father, that fire, Lord, Father, to burn again, God. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, two more. I saw this person who's standing afar off, just watching and observing, and the Lord will say to you, Come, come to me, and I will give you rest. Okay? So this person is, um, is like... Um, is a bit scared of drawing close to God because it means he's fearful of having a relationship with God. But God said, don't be scared. Okay? Don't be scared. Lord, we pray for this person. God, we pray, God, that you will encounter them in dreams, visions, and your still small voice. God, I pray, God, that you will draw them to you. And God, I pray, Lord, Father, for a relationship, God, a relationship and intimacy like never before. That, God, you will drench them with your love. Lord, with your love, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay, last but not least, I had the word barrenness. Barrenness as in not able to have a child and the other scenario is when the enemy has come in and 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 wreaked havoc in your life and there's barrenness in your life and you feel defeated and and god wants to bless you lord i pray for the couples god out there god who are wanting to have a baby Lord, if you are that couple, can you put your hands upon your belly? Lord, I just pray the fire of God, Lord, will visit them today, God. Lord, we pray fruitfulness instead of barrenness, God. Fruitfulness in Jesus' name, God. Lord, Father, we pray. And Lord, I pray, God, for lives and families that are so devastated. God, to open doors, God, that the enemy has come in to rob, steal, and kill, God. Father, I pray for a reversal, God. We pray that those doors will be slammed shut in Jesus' name. And God, we pray for a seven times recompense, a restoration, God, to these people, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen.